0: Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. But for today's issue and Sheer, we're going to discuss the idea of Derech Eretz Kadma Torah, translated very loosely and literally as the way of the land precedes the Torah. We're going to discuss this line, what exactly it means, what are its sources, what is the origin of Derech Eretz Kadma Torah, and through that we will be able to understand how this line relates to us not only in general, but particularly in this time of the year. At the moment of this recording, it is in the middle of Sfirah Saomer, and many quote this line, Derech Eretz at this particular point of the year. We're going to discuss why that is and what that should mean to us, and we'll see Be'ez Rosh an incredible backstory to the concept of Derech Eretz Before we do, let's thank our sponsors, Anonymous. Anonymous, And if anyone else wants to sponsor, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com, to be a part of the harbats Torah we do. Or if you just have questions, comments, and concerns, or maybe even recommendations for shiram like this and others on the podcast, I'm always looking to hear from my listeners what you want to listen to. Um, I'm not going to tell you necessarily what you want to hear, but I'll give you an interesting shir. Maybe I'll be using that as a future tagline. In the meantime, let's return to this concept of Derech Eretz Kadma Torah. So once again, the question of, first of all, what the line means and where it comes from. So let's just break it down once again. We have Derech Eretz, literally the way of the land, Kadma Torah, which means precedes the Torah, or comes before the Torah, or we'll see very soon another possible reading, came before the Torah. So Derech Eretz either precedes or preceded the Torah. Probably the best uh, translation, literally, is that the way of the land preceded the Torah. So the question again is what that means. Well, let's let's break it down. What is Right, We hear this line thrown around a lot. Um, derecheretz, usually it's a reference to having decorum, decency, having good midos. That's usually what it means, and as I'll argue, that's what it probably means here. Um, though there are some who we find translate um, dera as referring to a livelihood, right? There's a concept of Torah im dera heretz, the idea that you um, learn Torah but also get a livelihood. You have Parnassa. Torah im dera is a hashkafa um, typically um, associated with modern Orthodox Judaism. It was made famous um, by Rav Shamshen Rafal Hirsch, one of the leaders of the Orthodox um, movement against particularly Reform Judaism i.e. completely non-observant Judaism, or basically non-observant Judaism. But anyway, um, Torah and Derech So we find um, the idea that Derech refers to Parnassah in the Mefarshim in Pirkei Avos. The Ravavadim says this in Pirkei in Gimel Zayin 3.17. In other versions, it's Gimel Machafalov um, 3.21. Uh, but over there where the where the Mishnah Navos discusses In um, over there where where the Bartanura says this refers to getting a Parnasa, um, the, the Lashon he uses is Masa Umatan. So uh, the Rabbeinu Yona right there says it refers to having decency. We also find that um, that derech eretz is often used in, refer- in reference to marital relations. So, for example, in the Haggadah, right, when the when the when the Haggadah refers to precious um, derech eretz, where they, they stopped having marital relations, also in uh, also in Pirkei Avos, in the in the Breisos, in uh, Paragvav, so. Um, Rashi, or at least a uh, parish that's referred to as Rashi. It could be it's the actual one, it could be it's not. But he refers to, um, when, when the Mishnah refers to Miot Derecharetz, having limited Derecharetz, it means not hanging out in the shuk so much, not hanging out on the street corners. So Derecharetz, literally the way of the land, the way of the road, you could be hanging out on the road. So um, again, we're going to refer to the colloquial Derecharetz, as it's usually referred to as a reference to Midos, the way of the land. Um but again it's a very broad term. I will tell you that in in, in my classroom where I teach, so Dara Kharatz Karmila this is my Masora from my fourth grade Rebbe. Um this was this was his day one lesson and this is my day one and really my everyday lesson if I if it's ever necessary to return to it. I always start off with Dara Kharatzkarmilatora. And uh, the question, once again, is what that means, because it's a nice phrase, and it might have nice connotations, which we'll hopefully explain soon, but you have to try to understand what this means um, and why it should be an anchor, as it is for many, as it was for my fourth-grade Rebbe, um, Rabbi Elihu Kaufman, and as, as it is for me right now. So why, and why this is important. But in terms of how it relates to this time of the year, so once again, it's usually... Um, um, in connection to Spherosa Omer, for, for two for two particular reasons. Um, one has to do with the Spheros, which are manifest in different Midos that we're supposed to work on. And if Derech is a reference to Midos, so there are many who explain that the reason why we go through this process of working on our Midos up until Shavuos is that Shavuos is the time of Kabbalah Satora, of Mata and Torah. And if that's the case, then, if Derech Heretz is karma the Torah, Derech Heretz precedes the Torah, then we have to work on our Derech and then we can be proper vessels to receive the Torah. That's one um, classical explanation of how that relates to us right now. And um, what we still have to understand is why that should be. Why is it that Derech haretz needs to come first? Uh, but that's one explanation. The other explanation is actually in, in connection to Pir Keavos, which we're also have, we've also we've, we've been referencing it a couple of times already. Um, the Kaf Chaim, sort of Yaakov Chaim Sofer, who lived in the late 1800s and early 1900s. So in Or HaKhaim, in Resh Tzadi Beys, Chaf Gimel, so it's 292-23, so he explains that this is the reason for reciting and learning Pir Keavos during Svirasa Omer. Svirasa Omer uh, chiefly uh, regards what we do with our Midos. Right? Most of, um, um, sorry, um, uh, Omer and Perkevos together. Perkevos mostly talks about our Midos, doesn't really talk about halachas as much, as uh, and doesn't talk about mitzvahs as much, it talks about our Midos, the way we engage in Torah, the way we engage in mitzvos, as opposed to the technicals. And so for that reason, Perkevos, which is all about working on our Midos, is something that we'd learned during Spiros Omer because, once again, he explains. Um, or the or, um, so sorry um, the, there the Kavachaim brings that we learn uh, that we learn Pirkei during Sefiras Somer and it's Rav David Avud Raham, So in the 1300s, he's cited in the Nite Gavriel in Hilchos Pesach Mem Aleph Bay's 412 that the reason for for learning Pirkei during Sefiras Somer is because of this very concept of Derech Haratzkad Torah. So, um, you know, the, the Nitei Gavriel brings another reason that it has to do with wor- working on our Midos because of the lack of kavod that the Talmidei Rabbi Akiva showed each other, which, by the way, this came up in the DAF very recently, um, in Daf, um, DAF Yomi, in Yevamos on DAF Samach Beis. The incredible Hashgacha Pratis came up this week. We could probably make a separate um, a podcast series just on the Hashgacha Pratis between DAF Yomi and... Um, in Yana Dioma and Parsha Hashavua, which uh, might also be an idea for future uh, sheer topic, um, Though we, oh, there were there were so many that occurred already, we actually did a couple of um, real talk torahs that connected to the Daf, and maybe some more in the future. Bezras Hashem. But that aside, the uh, the connection to um, Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim that died for uh, for not having covered for one another. So that's another reason to work on Armidos at this time. But anyway, all of these are different backgrounds for the concept of working on Armidos as it pertains to Derekhartz and um Derekarts Torah in particular. But the question remains as where exactly this comes from. These are just ideas and connections and and, and they're all wonderful. But where does it come from? What does it mean? I think this is uh, you know, another um, uh, good opportunity to mention that it's very important to look up the source for things and not just assume ideas and not just to hear ideas and throw them around. But if you hear a line, especially if it sounds like a line that may or may not be from Chazal, you want to know if this line came from Chazal. Um, I'll tell you that parenthetically. Um, I just have, from personal experience, there were times where I was surprised to find out that a line was not exactly, um, an, a famous line was not actually a line from Chazal. So, for example, one line that um, I, I've heard was, Ein simcha el torah, which is a beautiful line. There's no happiness other than the Torah. Um, now, that's actually not found anywhere in Chazal. That, that was coined later, I believe, by Rav David Lipschitz. Um, and, um, and it's and it's used and it has beautiful um, purpose that line. But you should just know that it doesn't come from any measures, doesn't come from Chazal. On the flip side, I've heard that I remember hearing in a particular shear that regarding a different famous line, in, um that um, you may think is a line from Chazal. So, Yeshua Hashem Kaharev iron, So, I assumed, and I still believe it's a line from Chazal, that Yeshua Hashem Kaharev iron that um, the salvation of Hashem could come at the blink of an eye. So, I was once sitting in a shear where the one who was giving the shear suggested that, yeah, this line's not found anywhere in Chazal. People say it, and it's a good thing to say to people, but you should just know that it's not in Chazal. And I remember thinking when I heard that, like, really? Is that true? I have a hard time believing that. And so I did a Google search on the spot, and I looked really closely, and I was able to find that it was a very, it was a midrash, and it was a very, like, hard-to-find midrash. I believe, it, I, I forget if it was a shach or tov, wherever it was, something on Esther, but there was a really, really random far-out midrash where I was able to find the line that basically resembles Yeshua Hashem K'Harevayin, and... Um, and the, the interesting thing about that is that we don't really know which famous lines are quoted exactly the way they're supposed to be and which ones are not. And it's important to search these things up. Um, so you shouldn't just assume it's in Chazal. And you should also not just assume that it's not in kazal. You just should make sure you find the line. I'd say the same thing is true for Derach HaRetz So LaTorah. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I, I did a search to find out where this line came from. And, in fact, it is in a Medrash, and it's in the Sifra, in the Rabbah. So that can be found in Tes Aleph 91, and you've got to do a little bit of, of digging around to find it. But once you find it, I mean, you, you will you will see a very incredible um, backstory, as I mentioned earlier. So let's talk about it. So in the Vayikra Rabbah, the, the, the Medrash is discussing... Um, a pasuk in Tehillim, which uh, happens a lot, and then usually tangents break off from from one discussion to the next, and so there are many different um, many different explanations in the Medrash of a particular pasuk in Tehillim. The pasuk in Tehillim can be found in Nun Chav Aleph. That's fifty twenty three, and the line um, loosely is Zoveh Toda, the one who slaughters etoda, a Todah, a Either a confession sacrifice or a, fa- a thanksgiving sacrifice. Now you can understand why it's unsafe for Vayekar, because Vayekar at the beginning particularly discusses um, different kinds of carbonos. The carbon toda comes up in Parsha Tzav. So Zoveyach Toda says the Paschikadilim, the one who slaughters a Toda, Ichabdunani, um, he, um, he honors me v'sam derech we're going we're gonna to leave that line vague v'sam derech um, well, he places a derech let's say um, and I will show him the salvation of Hashem so the line that they focus on are the two words v'sam derech many different explanations of those two words v'sam derech so we're going to have the interpretation um, that the Medrash offers in the name of Rabbi Yanai so davar acher. Alright, so zavech uh, todai chabdenoni v'sam derech aronu bi'eshah elokin. Fine. So davar acher, another explanation. V'sam derech. Amar Rabbi Yannai v'sham ksev. He says it should be read not as v'sam and you shall place a road, but v'sham that you shall. Well, let's see. What does that mean? V'sham derech. So he explains in the aramaic the archai Now the translation that I'm going to give you, um, it's a, it was a, it was very hard to track down the translation because there's a translation that's offered by Sepharia, and I didn't think that the translation was as accurate as the uh, translation that I found in the Art Scroll Medrash. Um, but um, the the one the one in uh, the one um, Art Scroll, uh, sorry, the the um, Sepharia didn't seem to. Um, to read it as visham, but they continue to read it as visham, which means I will place and arrange the path. But according to the shot of the madrash, it's, it's taking the word visham derech and it's re, it's rereading it as visham derech. So what's visham? Dishayim arche. What does it mean? Dishayim arche. So the way the art scroll madrasham translates it as deshayim, meaning like an estimation or an evaluation. In other words, he evaluates the derech. Now, what does it mean, the derech? What is the or the orach? So, this we know from derech Hashem, or mesilas Yesharim or orachos tzadikim, that a road often refers to the way we act. In fact, the word derech, which means um, which means a way or a road, so interestingly, the word way. Um, In English, also can mean multiple things. The way can mean the path that you walk on literally, or the way can mean the manner in which you do something. And in fact, that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about manners. We're about to talk about manners, the way in which we do something, the derech eretz, as it were, or the, um, the orach ara, as it were. So that's what we're about to talk about right now. So what exactly do we have to say about that? So says what does it mean? No, it means not someone who arranges a road, but it means someone who estimates and evaluates and measures his, his, his manners. So how so? So again, the Shaye Arche Sage shabe. someone who, who measures his manners very, very much so. There's a Maisa nice, story of Rabi who was walking on the road. So there was a person who was Meshupa B'yoser. What exactly does that mean, he was Meshupa B'yoser? So some translated that, um, the safari says he's extremely well-dressed. Um, there, are other, there are other ways to explain this line. Meshupa literally means that he's sloped. Um, what does that mean, though? Um, so some say that, again, that it means he was well-dressed. Our scroll translates it that he was elegant in the extreme. So someone who, is, who looks really, really honorable. So we have this very honorable-looking person, and Rabbi Ani sees him. So, leh, mashgach, rabbi, miskab, so the, they, they sort of create an invitation. What happens? Rabbi Ani says, would you like to come over to my house? He invites him to, to, to have a meal with him. He says, sure, I'll come. So he enters his house, Ephilo. So he brings him in, he feeds him, and he gives him a drink. And then he decides he's going to be Bodekim. He's going to try to give him a test. He wants to see does this guy know any Chomish. And lo and behold, he doesn't find that this guy has any Yudios and Chomish. The guy doesn't seem to know anything. The Mishnah. How about? Does he know any Mishnayas? Maybe he knows some Halacha, right? So velometsao, but he doesn't find any knowledge that this guy has in Mishnah. Be Agada. Do you know any legends of the Gemara? Do you know any midrashim? Um, I use the word legend um, loosely, but um, nonetheless velometsao. The the, um, rabbiyan cannot find that this this elegant looking person knew any Agada. But Talmud, do you have any traditions from the rabbis, from Gemara? Vilometsao, and he still didn't have that. So so he said to him, Sav berich. Let's just wash and bench already. You know, Rabbi like, oh, let's just finish this, uh, you know, pathetic uh, display. This, this, uh, this, oh, this, this embarrassing Bechina. Let's just you know put this thing out of its misery. And the the man responds, Amar Yevarech Yanai let let Yana you know bless in his house. So Amar he says. So Yanai responds. It's interesting. He calls him Yanai, He doesn't call him Rabbi Yana. But yeah. But um, which may, may, maybe can be seen as um, maybe sliding his respect. Interestingly, I'm not sure. But Rabbi Yanai responds, Amar le Isbach Amar Madana Amar Can you at least just repeat after me? Amala, um, you know you can you can um, you can bench. And I'll and I'll just uh, say I'll say everything by and, and you respond you respond after me. So I'm relaying, in he says yeah that I can do I can repeat after you. So I'm relaying, and now uh, this is a really um, surprising response from Rabbi Anayi, um, uh, surprising conduct by Rabbi Anayi. And And uh, before we get to how Rabbi Anayi responds, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer that when it comes to learning Agadah, my Rebbe Rabbi of Yenison sachs is very very big and the uh, mastilla is very big on. And, uh, you know, knowing the Perush when when we read something in agada, especially when it's describing the Tanayim, or if it's describing the Avos, or anyone of that caliber, you have to know the Perush understand what the words mean, but not try to, to go too far into doing character analysis, because the Midrashim were written in a certain way, that we should be able to understand it on our level, and not on their actual level. But anyway... That said, we have to give the utmost respect to Rabbi Anayi, and let's continue to see what Rabbi Anayi says. So again, Rabbi Anayi says to the man, he says, um, are you able to repeat after me, and then you could bench? And the man says, yeah, that I can do. So Rabbi Anayi says, Amar um, Emor, say as follows. Another Shekacha protest that speaks Parshas, Parshas Emor. Anyway, he says, Emor, say like this, Achol kaba pistia dianai. He says, the so say that a dog ate from the food from the bread of Yanai. In other words, Rabbiani seems to be describing this man and saying that this guy's a dog and he ate from my food. Go ahead, says Rabbianai, say it. Now it's not clear to me if Rabbi um, didn't think that the man was gonna understand what he just said and was just going to repeat the line, or if Rabyanai was clearly intending to to insult him or at least give him some kind of musser that he would be able to understand. Because Mistama he's talking to him in an Aramaic language that he understands, and it's very clear that the man understands by his response. So again, Rabbi says, Say that uh, that a dog ate from Yanai's food, right? and then what happened? Come Tafse, so he got up and he was upset. And he says to him, as he gets up and he's grabbing his stuff like he's about to leave, and he responds, with uh, the, these following startling words, these stunning words. So Amar gabach to Admoni ali, actually, says the man, my inheritance is with you, and you're withholding it from me. In other words, there is something that apparently you, you think I'm taking from your bread, and he says, you're actually withholding something from me. You're in fact not feeding me what you should be, and you're in fact also not feeding me what is due to me. So what does he mean? So this was so was wondering the same thing. So Amar Lay, Rabbiana responds, Gabi, what inheritance of yours is by me? What, what, what inheritance of yours am I holding on to? So Amar Lay says to him, Khadzman, one time, sifra. I went by the base Medrash, I heard in the school, in a base safe, yeah, base sefer, probably a base safe, I heard in the school. And what did I hear? Shmos, I heard children. and they were saying as follows, a pasik that we all know. Torah Moshe, Right, the the, the, the Torah um, uh, that the Torah was commanded to us by Moshe, and his Morasha is inheritance for the kehila of Yaakov. Interestingly enough, when uh, Rav Yana was trying to figure out if this person knew any mikra, he didn't quote this pasuk. He only quoted this pasuk that he remembered one time from hearing in, uh, when he passed by a school. So this this guy seems to have no background in Torah. And, enough, and no, no background in anything. He did know this one, Pasuk. Interestingly enough, Rabbiane was not convinced, at least until this point, that he knew anything at all. Um, and when he examined him, if he knew Mikra, he didn't have anything. But all of a sudden, he was able to know this. So Rabbi Yon, at least knew this one pusik. Interestingly enough that this pusik was not quoted earlier, um, that he knew something. But apparently one time he passed by a school, he knew this. It could be he asked him if he knew Mikra, and he says, I don't really know Mikra. But what he does know is that he heard in a school, he heard in a Cheder one time, that they said the pusik that we all know, Taretsiva Lanu Moshe, Ma Shaki Hilas Yaakov. So says this individual, with uh, you know, he's never learned Gemara in his life, but listen to his svarah Morashakihilas Enksiv. It doesn't say Morashakihilas Yannai. The kan. can Yaakov. It says the community of Yaakov, the entire nation, and I'm among them. I'm a Jew. Some are he Says L'mazechis Lamechla Al Pesori. And so then Rabbi Anay, interestingly, sort of backs off, but still interrogates him. He says, "How were you Zocha to eat from my food?" Right, like, like Rabiana, is, Rabiana is stunned that he assumed this guy was a Talmud Chachem. Apparently he wasn't. And if not for the fact that this guy gave off the impression, somehow, the way he looked, Rabiana was able to somehow sense that this guy's a Talmud Chachem. Rabiana wants to know, why, why, why did it come? Why, why was it your lot that you were, that, that you fell into my lot, that, that, I, that I was able to give you for my bread? Right? And it's almost like Rabiana is seeing this person as a competitor, as it were, Somehow you were able to, to, to eat by my food. Hashem ordained that it should be this way, that I should think you're a tamu Chacham. So why did that happen? What tzachos did you have, considering that you know nothing except for this one puzzle that you heard and, um, saw a, a kid say in school once? So the individual responds like this. Amar so he responds, I never listened to lashon I never heard a bad word. And did I respond after hearing that offensive word about me? Never did I actually respond in kind. Right? So right now, he was insulted and he's responding interestingly enough so that's something else I think about so earlier he says he didn't know mikra then he quotes a Pusik that he knows that uh, he knows he quotes one Pusik that he knows earlier um, um so and it's very clear that he's sticking up for himself now but apparently in the past he had never he never heard la hara and responded in kind maybe what he means is he never he never responded in, in insulting in a rude way here he's just saying you know he's just defending himself Right, but he. But the point is, you know, he never, he never argued um, with with uh, with uh, you know with at least a low life who spoke badly to him. That he never did. Okay, fine. Chamas trained a Dane and Dane. So what's that? That next one? This one, he's saying that I've never seen two people arguing and not try to make peace between them. I kind of like arn Aron Nohev Shel I've never seen people in a fight and and did I not try to make peace between them? Beautiful, beautiful midos that we're seeing. Oh, yes, yeah, so again, so that, that line was So he says, I never heard a bad word and responded, and I never, and I, and I, and I always tried to make peace between uh, between two people fighting. Amr Leis, Rabbi responds Kalba, and he says all of this that you have, and I called you a dog. Like, he, like he's, he's you know clearly regretting having done that, and so at that point Kara Ale, he um, he the pasuk about him sham derech. What does it mean sham derech? The that this man um, says Rabbi Anay, this man really measures out his midos and that's apparently something very very great definitely not worth calling you a dog. Uh, and again, the question is why Rabbi Yana would do that. Maybe Rabbi Yana was trying to make a point that, you know, you, you look so elegant and you're, you're so well-dressed, you clearly care about your appearance, but you don't care about, you know, your Torah knowledge, you don't care about any of these things. Do you have anything? And if not, then you're basically just an empty vessel, you're basically just a dog. Hashem gave you a neshamah that you could learn Torah, you don't know anything. And apparently, for whatever reason, we don't know why this person wasn't able to amass any Torah knowledge and why he still was able to look really good. Um, but apparently... He had a schus. The fact that he was elegantly dressed, the fact that he looked good and was even able to eat at the same table as Rabbi Anayi, was that he had incredible darecharetz, incredible midos. And this was the level that he was on. And so, apparently, this is considered very, very valuable. Now, where does our magical line come from? The line that we started with? So let's keep going. To Amar Bar Rav Nachman. He says, Esrim Doros, kadma darecharetz es 26 generations... Karma Derech Eretz, preceded the Torah. Hadehu Dixiv L'shemars Derech Eitz the Pasuk in Bereshis says, to the 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 though proven, they are to guard the Derech Eitz HaChayim, Derech Zoh Derech Eretz, the Derech refers to Derech and afterwards does it say Eitz the Tree of Life Zoha Torah, this is the Torah. And then we get the rest of the pasuk. Um I will show you the salvation of Hashem. That uh, this is one of the Psukim that references the Yeshua of Hashem, and it should be for us. Right? Can't like we say in navdala. So that's the, that's the line. Twenty six generations derech preceded the Torah. So it's not exactly derech haritz Torah. The actual line is again. But in the name of Rabbi Shmuel bar Rav Nachman, after the, today you know that that's the one who said it, who originally said Derech Eretz Torah? So yeah, the actual line is Rabbi Shmuel in the name of Rabbi Shmuel bar Rav Nachman, and he said, and Vashish Adorah is 26 generations, Kadma Derech Eretz That's the line, Kadma Derech es preceded the Torah. So what do we mean 26 generations? So we know that from the time of Adam HaRishon up until Kabbalah's Rabenu, there were 26 generations. 26 generations before Kabbalah's Torah. In a similar vein, those 26 generations in which the Torah had not yet been given, the question is often asked, why wasn't the Torah just given to Adam HaRishon? Just give the Torah to Adam HaRishon. Why don't we start the Torah from Kabbalah's Torah or from HaChodesh the first mitzvah? Many give the same answer. These 26 generations, the whole point is to teach us, these 26 generations are the generations of Derech Eretz. And Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah are um, what's the idea? the idea is the reason why we start with a baratius, right it's Rashi's big question on the beginning of the Torah so Rashi gives his answer we can argue that the answers are related but Dere came before the Torah the 26 generations of the, of, of Bereshis up until up until Parshish Yisro are telling us that Dere had to come first the Dere that you can't have Torah without Derech You can have a person who knows no Torah at all, but if he has Derech he's on the level of Rebbe or at least able to sit at Anah's table. This was something that Rebbe had learned that day, that, 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 someone, um, that someone is Dishayim Derech, deshayim Arach, someone who's evaluating and, and measuring his Midos. And that's what Midos are, Midos are measurements. But what's the whole point? The whole point is that it's, it's the toil in working on our Midos that makes a vessel for the Torah you know, in a similar vein we find with regards to none other than Lagba Omer the story of Lagba Omer the story of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai so we have um, the story of his son Rabbi Lazar and um, the Gemara is actually in Lag in Shabbos Daflam and Gimel and Shabbos is the big Lagba Omer Gemara and there, the, the Gemara discusses the story about when they were hiding out in a cave, Rabbi Shem Baruchai and his son Rabbi Lazar, and when they came out of the cave, the laser eyes of Rabbi Lazar was just destroying everything in sight. Every single person that he saw that that seemed to be um, ignorant or someone who was engaging in business, right? The, uh, the other form of Derecharetz. They were engaging in the world, and they, were do, and they were pursuing these things that they needed to, apparently, for their livelihood. He, and Rebbe Lazar couldn't go anywhere and see them doing that and tolerate it. And his eyes were, according to the Gemara, at least the literal shot was that they were destroying everything. They were burning everything. And, you know, and, and why? Because the, there was no Torah. And uh, interestingly, um, and, um, and Rebbe Lazar was told, go back to your cave and learn more. In other words... You did so there something wrong with your learning. Rev. David Feinstein, that's all. David so Feinstein, he said that if a person lear- comes up from learning a sugya, if he returns from learning a sugya, returns from learning the base medrash, and he's not a better and a greater and more sensitive person, if his midos aren't better, then he didn't learn the sugya properly. So you have to go back, learn it again. And Rabbi Yana, at this particular point, seems to be having a similar kind of epiphany. He's saying, this guy has their hearts, I, I mistreated him. And he didn't, you know, this guy doesn't know any Torah, but he has Dara And, you know, that's apparently um, paramount. That comes first. You don't have, you are know, in fact, you're not a vessel for the Torah without Dara You're, in fact, not only that, whatever Torah you do have, you're not doing it right. And so the point is, the Dara Charetz Kadma's Torah, Torah. The Torah prefaced with Dara and then only afterwards did it speak about the Torah. And that's why we have to work on these things that we have to work on. And again, what the, the extreme picture that the Medrash paints of Rabbianna and this individual. So again, for us, we can uh, just take the literal words, understand them for what they mean um, without uh, analyzing too much. But what we can say is that there were surprises, even for people on the level of Tanoyim. Um, even, um, you know, for those who spoke in the harshest of terms, for those who were we spoke in a seemingly brazen way, which is often the Lashon that we find in the Gemara, but the point is, the, the picture that we now understand, the picture that we can now see, is a beautiful picture of what Daracharetz means, why it's important, and of course why it relates to us. And now if anyone ever asks, um, you know, where where this line came from, Dara haritz Torah, we actually have an answer, we understand what it means, and we should be Zoha to live that life of Dere to be proper vessels for the Torah. And that, I believe, takes us through an interesting discussion on the topic of Dere Charetz coming Torah. takes us also through this Real Talk Torah. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah, but also keep the Dere because without that you don't even have the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.